This is Mary Ann Window. And this is Mary Lou Lloyd. And this is our podcast, How the Hell Did That Happen? Welcome. 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 What's been happening? <laughs> um, well, we had Christmas. That was fun. And now it's the day that you, uh, in between Christmas and New Year's, it's Friday. And I don't, I think it's Friday. It's one of those gaps where you're like, what day is it? Um, I know. What what year is it? <laughs> I actually put that on my Facebook and probably some listeners might have seen it because I was thinking, what the hell day is it? Nobody ever knows what the day is between Christmas and New Year. It's like, oh, is it Saturday? Is it Friday? It's, it's a right. day I don't have to go to work. I know that. So I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's especially confusing trying to keep up with you because you are a full day ahead. Um, so I really don't know what day you're in you know if I don't know what day I'm in I certainly don't know what day you're in I know it's Saturday for me just just to let you know Saturday okay Saturday for me but we're a little bit late in putting our podcast up this week because you've had some tooth trouble haven't you I did stupid teeth trouble yeah no fun Um, no, I've not taken care of my teeth forever, and now I've got to get all kinds of work done. I've got to get root planing, which is always a joy, if anyone's been through that before, um, where, you know, if you neglect your teeth, they develop pockets, <laughs> and you have to go and get them scraped out um, so that they heal back tighter around your teeth so that shit doesn't get caught in them, basically, and that you can have your teeth for longer, if not forever. Oh my so I'd God. like to keep my teeth in my head. <laughs> I'd like you to keep your teeth in your head as well, but that sounds horrific, yeah. but I'm glad that you're on it the sucks. mend. Oh, my yeah. God. Thank you. I'm on the mend, but, yeah, it was hellish. So we are late. That's okay. But We're that's here okay. now. And, and also, it's kind of, look, look, it's kind of good timing because it'll prevent overeating at Christmas. Because I think I actually did overeat, but I'm I'm getting back on track now. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what it's fun. That's what it's all about. But yeah, I didn't I didn't eat anything. I had like an egg. Like oh a, my god, <laughs> one egg. Who has an egg for Christmas dinner? Come Me. on, oh it was god. on the couch. I felt so <gasps> shitty. It was terrible. Oh my god, that's awful. Worst Real- Christmas. Oh, well, never mind. Well, at least you can make up for it in the weeks to come. So that's good. (laughs) But anyway, um, so this episode is going to be actually the interview that we recorded with Phoebe Bridges probably about a month ago now, wasn't it? Was it November? Yeah, November 8th, was it? Yeah, it was – I was in Boston visiting Mary Lou and – we were lucky enough to be able to meet up with Phoebe before her show at the Orpheum. And mm-hmm. she was there with Boy Genius. <clears throat> and Boy Genius is Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus. Is that how you say your last name? I always get confused. Yeah. Dacus. Yeah. Dacus. See, we've got this footballer in Australia called Peter Dacos. And it always reminds <laughs> me of that. <laughs> it's just really bad. I should never have said that. But anyway... I might cut that out. <laughs> no, don't cut that out. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still paying for my faux pas about the donkey last week, but I didn't cut it out. So I was genius. Oh my god, that yeah. was terrible. Let's not bring it up. Let's just not. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so we spoke to Phoebe, and um, we did the the reason I just mentioned that from last week is we we talked about the Cindy Brady. Television Itis. I found the clip and I put it on our Facebook page so someone uh, could so people could know what we were talking about. We were talking right. about the red light syndrome of when you press record and you get all nervous and you don't know what to say. And we had a <laughs> we both had a little bit of that when we were talking to Phoebe, but she was so nice. She was really nice and so um, cool. Really cool and but we had so many questions that we didn't get a chance to ask i was so nervous um and of course it was our first interview um and our experience is uh zilch right this is this is new for us 
Um, and I had never, I, I, it was just not very natural to meet someone that way, to have an organized meeting. Normally when I meet people, I meet them on obviously a more organic, as do you, I'm sure, more organic um, basis. Uh, so it was just really weird. Like, I I mean, we both, we adore Phoebe Bridgers. Um, she is my, currently my favorite new artist. Um, and she's not a household name. She's not a big, huge star yet. But in my mind, she is, right? Yeah, um, exactly. There are very few people that have felt that way about. Um, and she is one of them. So it was a challenge to to not get, I mean, I was completely Cindy Brady. I know. Um, I, I, the, yeah, the uh, Baton Rouge effect, full on. Um, yeah, my mind just left. And I, there were so many questions I wanted to ask her, and I just blanked out because I was too nervous. I know, but it was one of those things where it was hard to have prepared questions because then it's even more unnatural because it it was really interesting because you came into the room after me so uh-huh. it was like I had a bit of a chance to have have a like a oh how are you going kind of thing before we actually uh-huh. started but when you, we sort of had to hit record straight away because she was on limited time so mm-hmm. you know it was one of those things and we and we had a, um, a bit of background noise because I think um, one of them was doing the sound check and we were in the room backstage so that's what the noise that's going on what, that you'll hear. But I really wanted to ask her about um, her baritone guitar because I've mm-hmm. got the same one. And mm-hmm. not that it's all about me, but it interested me because it's an unusual choice of guitar for someone to mm-hmm. be playing live because not mm-hmm. only do you have to transpose the chords in your head to everyone else that you're playing with because it's, it's kind of like you – you're using different shapes and and so it's not as easy to sort of just go oh I'm playing a G or whatever because you're not really <laughs> if you know what I mean but um I kind of do I, I kind of know what you mean is it's sort of like uh reverse using a capo yeah kind of because okay. you're actually tuning a little bit differently so really yeah because it's a lower How? well you got the two lower strings um, are they open? No, but they're not the same as a guitar. It's like um, uh, I can't I can't think of it in my head because I always do it by ear. But um, it's like I'm sure someone's going to write in and tell us, and I'll tell you <laughs> later. I'll put I'll put it up there. But um, but maybe not, she just tunes it regular and like no, I would. <laughs> no, you can't because they're actually different. Um, different strings they're lower so it's got a low B oh, and a cool yeah so I had no idea yeah so when you play a chord it's um, not going to be the same as what everyone else is playing it's it is like it's like having a capo but you're taking it down two steps lo- lower mm-hmm. instead of higher right yeah yeah I am I'm bummed too that we didn't get to ask her about that <laughs> I know because the thing I wanted to know was um was it something that she chose to play herself because she liked the sound of it or was it something that came up in the studio on a recording and then she thought oh you know what I've got to be authentic and play that on the baritone from now on Mm -hmm. kind of thing but she didn't play like when she plays acoustic guitar obviously she's she's got the normal thing going on but I also wanted to ask her how you can um have a baritone guitar and not want to play Galveston every night. That's, <laughs> that's the that sound right. of the Galveston. The quintessential. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it certainly has um added to the uh to her sound for sure. Um that really rich, warm, very uniquely to baritone. Um Dan Electro, yeah, cool. Yeah, it sounded great. And then what else did you want to ask her? I mean, there were other things, but it's like one of those things. It was like, whoa, deer in the headlights, off we go. Oh, my God. Um, I, I Obviously, I wanted to ask her, talk a little more about Elliot Smith. Um, 
that would have been cool but that was just like oh my god that would have been ours right yeah i know uh and i i just i don't know i feel really dorky about the questions i, I just dorked out i was a complete dork <laughs> <laughs> no you weren't you were good you were it's good. like when, when i met sean colvin right um I, I was really, really nervous to meet her, too. And I remember the, what did I say? You know, the first thing that I said to her, I said, does your arm hurt? You know, just like, I was like, hello, hello, does your arm hurt? And she just looked at me like, what the fuck? Why did you she, think that her, her arm might hurt? I, I just, place? my mind, I don't know. My mind went blank. And my my arm hurt. And so oh. I was holding, I was holding my arm, and I just said, "Does your arm hurt?" And she just looked at me like, "Who's this crazy person?" Oh my god! But um, that sometimes happens, doesn't it? Because you just like words come out that you don't know yeah. are even there. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen even on my minuscule level of whatever I am, I've had people do that to me as well. Like they act completely weird. Like this person's weird, but. I know that they're they're a fan and that they're a little bit deer stuck in the headlights, Cindy Brady moment for them, yeah. and it's sweet and you recognize it right away. And um, I think maybe Phoebe, <laughs> hopefully she knew I wasn't like a complete freak and she was did. like, no, she was actually uh, nervous talking to you. I reckon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. but the thing is, I mean, um, it, interestingly enough. We nearly even didn't get a chance to bring up the whole Elliot Smith um, mm-hmm. connection, and it was. I was like, "Do I talk about this? Do I not?" But then, you know, in uh, some in her video, the uh, motion sickness. Obviously, it's um, she's retraced the steps of uh, Miss Misery, right? Yeah, and just little homages that she's done. And, I know, and in interviews, she's she's not shy to talk about it. And he's someone that, um, obviously, she was a huge fan of. And I know that me being a fan of some people, I'd I'd want to know all about that person. If I met someone that was friends with Sandy Denny back in the day, I'd want to sit with them for hours, um, kind of thing, right? Uh, I just wish that I had had longer with her so that I could have calmed down and been fucking normal. <laughs> and it was just weird. I know. Uh, you did a great job, Marianne, though, keeping uh, everything together and well, calm and flowing. It was tricky because we didn't really have much time to set the levels. So I was like, and I'd bought this new Zoom recorder like the, de- mm-hmm. the day before. And I was like, oh, my God, how do I work it? What do I do? And yeah, so we had to sort of... The levels might be a little bit funny at the start, but that's okay. But just getting back to that um, whole Elliot conversation that we had, I mean, I got the feeling that she would have talked. She wanted to ask you questions, actually, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but she didn't really get a chance to because just when we're getting into it, the lady mm-hmm. came in and said, okay, <laughs> you're ready now. You know, you got to get going kind of thing and yeah. sort of – and it, and it was – it was tricky because I could sort of feel her presence in the room when she came in. Yeah, and yeah, she was really nice. She was really yeah. nice. The but two managers, you know, she's, she's got yeah, a job to do. Job to do. Yeah, yeah. but um, she would. I was, but the whole thing. I know. I was so honored though to have her sit with us, and it was so cool. Um, again, just needed so much more time. I know we could have had at least another hour. Mm-hmm. But definitely, a, maybe a, maybe she'll have a talk with us again sometime. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Well, I'm she's coming um, here in February, so <clears throat> maybe we'll sort that out then. Mm-hmm. But um, do you know? Just as a side note, you know what I'm doing today? I've got to go and pick up our other favourites uh-huh. and take them yeah. on a long drive. First, First aid kit. Yes, I'm going to awesome. go. Go see them play today. So um, I've got to take them to their gig. So that'll be that'll be fun. So how long are they in the van with you? Oh, about three hours. Oh my god, you have to interview Each them. <laughs> yeah. They're cool. They know me. They I know. know me. I know. Oh I know. god. <laughs> yeah, 2010. I saw them at the Middle East. There were like maybe 50 people in the room, and I was a mess again um, because huge fan and in the middle they they did um 
What's that song that they do a cappella? Oh, Ghost Town. Ghost Town, right. Yeah. So they did Ghost Town. And of course, I started crying, um, like very, I was sobbing loudly. Oh, my and God. And Clara jumped off the stage and gave me a big hug. And she whispered in my ear. So, yeah, she she jumped off the stage and whispered in my ear like I, I forget what she said but it was it was amazing mm. first aid kit you're gonna pick them up and you're gonna they'll be in the van with you for like three hours each way mm-hmm. and we're gonna hang around for about another oh my three God. hours so we'll try and sort it out I mean the thing is it's, it's they're so be, sweet yeah but they, mm-hmm. either way we'll tee it up so that we can talk to them because we love them oh god we love them yeah and they're just playing these four shows in Australia, the four festivals. Mm. And So this is a New Year's Eve show, right? Yeah, well, they're playing in Tasmania on New Year's Eve, but they're this like the night before oh. New Year's Eve. They're playing, well, oh, what day is it now again, did we say? It's uh-huh. Saturday. Saturday mm-hmm. for me, so it's the 29th, 29th. So they're playing tonight on the 29th in Melbourne and then... I've got to take them to the airport tomorrow. So that'll mm. be, um, they'll play in Tasmania. I think they get a day off and they're doing New Year's Eve in Tassie, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, it'll be really nice to meet them because I've seen them play many times. But Yeah. Actually, um, the first time I saw them was 2012, around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and I remember, I, and I, and you're the one that told me about them. I'm grateful for that because it was really they're, they're amazing and I love them yeah I'd, I'd love to um and I imagine that one day it will happen where there'll be a bill maybe a traveling tour um first aid kit and Phoebe Bridgers how cool would that be oh my god that would be amazing yeah my dream bill uh Phoebe first aid kit Courtney Marie Andrews who else just like two more Isabel. Oh, um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, who else? Oh, there I was that other one that you really liked um, recently. Uh, the name escapes me now, but I'll think of it later. But um, mm. that I, I, I saw Courtney Marie Andrews a couple of times when she's been here because she's been here quite recently and with only a bit like about six months in between mm. because she came with. <clears throat> Joe Pug and stuff, and I ha- and I did have a chat to her after a show, and um, she's also a big fan of yours, so I reckon that she will um, she'll want to talk to us as well. Mm. All right, well we'll well just that'll play. be really that'll be really fun. So make sure that you try to get an interview with them. I'll try my best. <laughs> I've got it. Okay. There's a fine line. There's a fine yeah. line of being a pain and um, all of that, but. My friend, my friend Steve, who plays mm. trombone in the band, he's really cool. He's from Seattle, and we had a good chat. And he's going to come on and talk to us about oh, his cool. other band that he had anyway down the track. So we'll we'll keep back in it. Steb Stebmo, yeah. Steve Moore, yeah. Yes, Steve Moore, cool. and he's played with a ton of people that mm. we love and mm-hmm. I'm sure that he'll have interesting stories as well. But um, regardless of that, we should get into this interview with Phoebe yep. um, and <laughs> we'll, okay. let, we'll let you listen and, <laughs> and draw your own conclusions. But yeah. she was just, we just wanted to say again that she was so cool and so nice. She's and, so cool. And she's just so talented and... And normal. Exactly, really normal. Really down to earth, really normal, and doesn't sing like a fucking asshole. She, no mumble twang. Exactly, and you know, by the end of it, we were, we felt like we'd known her for a long, long time. Yeah, but we definitely needed longer. Yeah. Wow. We we're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get part two of this interview, whether we do it, you know, in five years' time or. Mm-hmm. or next next <laughs> month but what we're going to do is we we definitely need to get all our unanswered questions okay so here's the interview awesome i haven't been excited about anyone in a really long time so excited 
Oh, that's totally. so awesome. Really. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so we I'm don't. I'm such a big fan. Are you? Yeah. Oh my god. We I were like, told you. I was like, she already knows who you are. I'm like, she doesn't fucking know. Hell who yeah, the fuck I, I do. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. So we, Marianne, um, she lives in Australia and she comes here like once a year. Yeah, because we, we've been friends for a while. Yeah. And we make music together as well. Cool. Yeah. So we made a record. Yeah. So we produce and stuff like that. But we're sick of talking. So we want to hear everyone else's cool. stories. Yeah, we, we kind of wanted to start a podcast for a long time. And um, about four years ago, right, um, we really wanted to interview this woman, Tia Blake, um, incredible singer-songwriter from like 1971 she was 19 years old made one record she only did one gig in her life one record one gig and one interview and we were like holy shit somebody reissued the um album i think it was like tompkins square park label Uh this guy josh rosenthal and we were like, oh, my God, she's great. Let's interview her. And we were all excited to start the podcast, and then she died. Oh so no. it was like, fuck, right? So Damn. it kind of, we lost track of the whole want to do the podcast thing. Well, I'm glad you guys got a hold of me before I died, you know? <laughs> no, no. Before we die, more yeah. like before it. Before we die, more like it, right? <laughs> like, get the fucking show the on the old road. old folks, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we started this podcast and it was, we want to call it what, how the hell did that happen? Cool. Because it's like, how the hell did that happen? How the hell did Tia Blake make one record of one gig only Mm -hmm. and no one heard of her? That's such a trip. I'm so excited to listen. It's beautiful. It's really special. And, And to make matters worse, when the album came out in like 1971, like I said, it was like a French label, um, and it said Tia Blake and his folk group. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, that, you know, and only 200 Whoa. of them made. Um, but still, it was like, what, what, way to get it wrong. Yeah, that's you amazing. Know? Yeah. I know. So our first question to you. Is, yeah. How the, how the hell did this happen? How the Which? hell did everything happen? <laughs> how give the us, hell did everything happen? Give us like a snapshot of like, you know, just the last, you know, few years of, making your record making your ep making your record and being here yeah i so i always wanted to be a songwriter i always wanted to i fantasized about it all the time and i think i was super overconfident before i thought i was good at anything really um so i had like i had basic i had I had a version of a stage mom, like a momager, but very well-meaning <laughs> and very cool. Like she loved, um, you know, she loved the Lemonheads. She loved Jackson Brown. She loved Neil Young and Tom Waits and Joni Mitchell. So she would take me to like open mics and stuff so I could play my weird little cover songs mm-hmm. when I was a tween. And then I started writing songs and then, um, like I didn't drop out of high school, but I checked out of high school. Like I had like one academic class my senior year and I was playing gigs and playing in some embarrassing bands and uh, roaming around. And then I met uh, the guy who had produced my record when I had a bunch of songs and I just was really, really focused on making a record. It took forever. It took like two years and I released a record with, or a seven inch with Ryan Adams um, in the meantime, before it came out. So then I got all this touring off of it and I actually ended up touring with Julian Baker, who I'm playing with tonight. Yeah. Um, I toured Juli- with Julian and took a big break from making my record. So it took a long time, but I actually am kind of addicted to working that way now. Yeah. Like I like making it, yeah. having space from it and uh, like a lot of space, like space yeah. that isn't like you have to schedule it. Space, like, I am forced to do this other thing and I'll listen to what I did in the meantime and then come back with, like, fresh ears. Uh, Mm. So I'm kind of doing that with what I'm working on now, um, which is my next album. But, yeah, that's kind of how I made my first record. And then, then, yeah, just been touring and excited to make another one. So you met Tony Berg before you started working on the seven inch with Ryan. This is what's such a trip Ooh. is it was literally the day before I met Ryan, I met wow. Tony. Or no, no, no. Yes, that's true. The wow. day before I met Ryan, I met Tony. 
And you didn't meet Ryan through Tony? No. Separate channels? Separate That's channels. That's crazy, yeah. right? This guy named Marshall, who asked me to open for his band, played drums with Ryan. And this is the craziest part, is that we met, hung out, and I was going to meet Tony the next day. And I was like, yeah, I can't really get drinks or anything. I have to go to Brentwood at 9 in the morning. Uh, and he was like, oh, cool. I just made a record out there. I was like, with who? Oh, I was like, Tony no Bird. way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so just the, the L.A. is such a weird small town. Yeah. And then like, and then uh, Marshall introduced me to Ryan. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, right? That's a how the hell did that happen? That is definitely a how the hell yeah. did that happen. That, that, is. that is, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Really but things cool. like that do happen, don't they? Yeah. Like, like that kind of uh, connectivity, just yeah, uh, yeah, Synchron- synchronicity and all it's that. It's like us. Maybe how the hell did us happen? How the hell did we happen? Right. On the other side. How did us happen? We we wanted to ask you also. Uh, do you, we know that you did a little bit of busking, right? Yeah. And um, do you, like, how long did you do it for? And do you have any stories? Or? Oh, man. I, yes. Uh, <laughs> I did it. Basically, it was, like, my high school job. So, but it was only every Sunday. Um, I mean, that's not true. I would, I would go to kind of, the consistent one was on Sunday in Pasadena where I grew up. And then I would kind of roam around and, and do scattered other ones if I needed extra money. But... Um, I did it maybe for like three years straight. Wow. Um, and then kind of on and off and the farmer's market scene, dude, it's cutthroat. <laughs> I bet. I bet. It's like, they're so weird and rude to you about permits and stuff. Oh, yeah. Even that one, which was like nice to me and wanted me to be there would be dicks if I like showed up late or yeah, something. It's like that. It was so lame. It really um, world over. Job. The world yeah. over, it's like that. I think what I gained from it is that I know a lot of songwriters who, if they play a bar and people are talking, or even like giant people who are playing their own shows to ticket buyers, mm-hmm. people will be talking oh, in yeah. their set and they'll yeah. like lose it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm very zen about things being crazy around me, um, which I think is really good for my mental health and my mm-hmm. ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can just kind of get through it. Like, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is that this is a sort of awkward 45 minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell people to shut up if they're really being brutal. But if yeah. it's just like, there's a bar in the back yeah. of the venue, of course people are going to get drinks yeah. the whole time. Um, yeah, right. So I think that was really helpful. There was a creepy man who uh, took like photos of me over the years and mm. then like printed them out he would make me cookies he was like oh. creepy creepy in the horrifying like sweet way yeah where you're like they're the worst I can't ones. Tell. yeah I you had can't one of call those. it out yeah he lingered around for about four years oh my god and it was convenient because you know sometimes you have to go to the bathroom or you gotta go get a coffee or a drink or whatever and they're there because it's like who's gonna watch the the gear you know or your yep. guitar i don't know if you used an amp but i did and you can't lug that all the way into the bathroom for five minutes so but yeah Handy. so so i had one of those and so you had one of those and then how did it all uh, work out with that guy yeah uh he like moved somehow he got my number like really what? yeah in like a really bad way i think Ooh. he cornered someone and uh and so i kept getting these texts like hey i'm moving and i really want to see you before i move and i just like blocked it did you uh, say hooray hooray <laughs> you know this is the worst is when taking it is more is better for you than calling it out like I was sitting on a plane mm. next to somebody on my way out to tour who was like being belligerent drunk mm. loud like yelling at like the flight attendants super sexist and horrible but I was literally but and, and he was huge of course so yeah. I was like literally touching him the entire flight <laughs> and uh just like like leaning over me to look out the window it was horrible and I was just like if I call this out, that's way more work for me than just like taking right. it for this two hours, I you know? know? Oh yeah, Ugh, definitely. It's awful. And it's like that on stage sometimes too, so it's kind oh, of the, yeah. But yeah, street performing, busking definitely primes you for like anything. Totally. And and you know a lot of, I've heard you do lots of covers, like you've done the 
I love uh, Peekaboo, the Daniel Johnson. It's oh, just thank amazing. You. That's like it's, one of my favorite. It's songs gorgeous. Of all time. Yeah, and um, all the covers that you do, and it's. I'm sure that busking because you you got to know a lot of songs. Otherwise, you might bore yourself. Even if they are your own songs, you might uh, get a little bored if you're not continuously uh, pulling them out. Right. Yep. We wanted to also ask you about, um, you know, touring. When you're on tour, you get like a sense of a place, but you don't really because you're not really there, but you're there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you move in and out of all these places and people think, wow, that's amazing. You get to see Travel, all this part yeah. of the thing, but it's your job. So how do you sort of manage that? Like you're going from one place to the other, but you're there to work, but you still want to, you know, absorb something of the people. Oh, man. It's like you have stuff that you want to do or stuff you want to see and you're like all right next time when i'm here for real it's like you're never gonna be there for real uh no it's very scary and weird and there's a julian baker lyric actually um uh i'm in the backseat of my body (gasps) and that's what i that's what it feels like Mm because you're like oh yeah here i am but not really here i am but not really and we have a whole song about it called catch him idaho that's on the boy genius uh record it's just and it was so insane because I started writing this song with a friend about that exact feeling, about mm-hmm. feeling just like dissociated from your sweet life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I brought it up to them and I was like, it'd be sweet if we sung it in like a Carter family style. Oh, yeah. And they were like totally, and, and they were like, wait, what's it about? And they pulled out their phones and they both had like perfect verses that fit just exactly into the theme, almost disturbingly like mm. lucy had one about picking up the phone with someone that you're romantic with and and uh being in a van full of your friends so they say i love you and you you're like me too yeah just never being That's able to like cool. have a private moment but also being like being surrounded by people but weirdly isolated mm-hmm. and solitary mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to manage but i will say being around these guys lucy and julian is like one of the most one of the best ways to manage it is just like looking into someone's eyes and being like you know exactly yeah. oh yeah and because also i hate the i hate the term like good problems mm. it is always good to have perspective and i feel so grateful for like four hours every night but then it's hard to be like lonely in a new city and 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 wanting to see your friends that live there like last night in new york it was just super yeah. overwhelming and I ended up talking to someone I didn't want to talk to for like an hour oh and like God. all my real friends were like out in the audience but we're like I'm tired bye yeah yeah uh, just that misconnections feeling and it's hard to manage I'm still if you guys have any advice <laughs> I'm right. uh, well I reckon the hardest thing is that you end up talking to the people that you don't want to talk to but they don't know how to find the exit they can't read that maybe yep. you're in Punishers. A s- Punishers. Yeah. Do you use that? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you've got to have a signal. We do. And the worst is when someone <laughs> you actually like is punishing you. Oh, well, you know, we were talking about the covers, right? Yeah. Which I know that you're, you don't shy away from. And I think that's awesome. Um, because you're obviously a lover of songs and you don't kind of seem to get your ego in the way, kind of. Um, and we were talking about covers and we hear people do um, amazing covers. Like uh, I heard the new uh, Lemonheads record and I think it's amazing. And um, that will be coming out in February. So, but he's doing like Take It Easy, Eagles, right? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. But it's what great. It's That's so great. good. And some... Um, Bevis Fraun, stuff who I love. Uh, he's covered a Bevis Fraun song, Evan. It's mainly Evan and uh, Marciana, his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I saw them uh, in L.A. last year, and they their songs that they did together like blew my mind. Yeah, really great, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of ask you, um, like, what makes like um, a great cover and how like what makes a great song to cover? Like, what do you look for, and what do you try to do when you're... Oh, my God, I have so many answers. I know, right? Uh, So there are two things, I think, really. Sometimes, no matter how it's recorded, even if it's, like, the best recording on Earth, and you're like, how could I possibly redo this? Mm -hmm. I just don't think about it. Sometimes I'm so obsessed with a song that I have to, like, get in it. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I have to put on its skin and, like, Mm -hmm. walk around. So I think a lot of my covers come from that. And then Mm. another side 
is just being very frustrated with the things, the way that things were mm. orchestrated. So, like, if there's just like a weird guitar tone the whole time, I'm like, kind of wish they didn't do that. Huh. I want to like show someone this song. Oh, I have kind of a perfect example, which is like the Toy Story, uh, the Randy Newman Toy Story song. Okay, that's that's um, in the second Toy Story that yeah. when somebody loved me, I. I feel like I've tried to talk to people about that song who've only seen it in Toy Story and they think about like a doll singing it. Oh. And so if I want to like take it apart and explain the lyrics to someone, I kind of have to sing it. Um, and that's a lot of my covers too, like being frustrated with um, just wanting to like take another shot at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Peekaboo for sure, mm-hmm. because of Daniel's very specific delivery yeah and like the out of tune stuff yeah. that i love and now i hear the song yeah beautifully and it hit me really hard the first time i ever heard it but i've showed it to people where they like don't really hear the lyrics the first time yeah kind of like mumble certain stuff so it's just so that i like lay it out and yeah and say here it is <laughs> I actually do hard drive that uh, Evan song from yeah we we heard that Family you had done that yeah i was kicking yeah. myself because you did the great scott uh, you know, a year or two ago, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't know. <laughs> it was, I think you played it there, maybe. That was a fucked up night because, wait, I'm allowed to say fuck on this Oh, yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay. Yeah, fuck, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Cool. The yeah. queen. Uh, <laughs> queen fuck. Uh, I'm, that Grace Scott night was so funny. I think we started at fucking 7.30 and had to be out of there at 9 because of the, oh, like, no. there was, like, a DJ oh, night right yeah. after. That's the worst, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, in where Daniel says, trying to make sense out of scrambled eggs. Oh, man. And it's like, if you think about it, you know, he's a huge Beatles fan. And, um, and so it's almost like saying, trying to make sense out of yesterday. Because the whole, you know, how initially yesterday was called scrambled eggs. I'm really? Sure you, I'm sure you knew that. I had no idea. Well, yeah, it went scrambled eggs. Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah, it's they in one of those outtakes. No yeah, way. Yeah, so yeah. So when he says... Wow, what a cool little, like, music nugget. Well, it was, it was <laughs> kind of like, you know, in his subconscious, like, he it, everything that he does comes out th- through Daniel's filter, right? Yeah. So if he's doing a song it could be like what he hears in the Beatles but it's or whoever or um, even Don McLean like I'm convinced that his uh, story of an artist it's the same tune as the uh, Vincent song the Don McLean beautiful Vincent it's da 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 you know it's the same melody so that's almost the and the lyrics are almost the same as what the Don McLean Vincent Starry Starry Night song is about. So just like that, it's just amazing. So if you're a person that really loves songs and looks behind every corner, around every corner, you're going to, oh yeah, that's what he did there, I think. And even if he didn't, it's nice to think about, you know. Mm. And it's also cool that, you know, you can hear beyond the surface. Because, you know, like you said, your friends are going, oh, I don't know what it is. It's all mumbly, whatever. But you can look deeper and see that it's the feeling. It's the sentiment. Mm. And it's more than what your ears first hear. Yeah. You know? And I think that's an art of listening. Mm. Yeah. I think lyrics lyrics are what I hear first. I think maybe more so than some of my friends. Um which is what I look for in a cover, yeah. for sure. Just yeah. weird little moments that get buried, and you're like, what? How? Yeah. How, yeah. Like that that last verse of the Peekaboo song just, just yeah, fucks mm. me up. Cool. Yes, amazing. Um, s- All right, should we? Well, it, is it okay? Do you have, like, five more minutes? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Totally. Um, I, I guess talking about the lyrics, right, um... <laughs> How do we approach this? We have okay. this thing where yeah. <laughs> we hear people that of the younger generation, like your generation, right? And and they sing in this way that I don't know if it's us that we're just old or we we. Cannot. I said maybe it's like a dog whistle, you know, like <laughs> only dogs can hear it, and we're too old to hear it. Like we've got that frequency. People that we, only under thirty-five out, can yeah. hear. We're missing out on it, but but um, it's interesting because you know you this made me say well. 
maybe it's okay to ask because you talk about singing in an accent, right? <laughs> yeah. So we find that these people are singing this weird accents that we have no idea what they're singing. Uh-huh. It drives us crazy. We, we invented a word for it called yeah. mumble twang. And some people are bigger offenders than others. But uh, so when we heard you and, and lots of other people, fine, right? It's that you sang like you talk. And we <laughs> were like, well, that's, wow, oh, that's really I mean, refreshing. I'm so relieved. I thought you were going to be like, and you have this yeah, very specific no. accent. No, <laughs> oh, no, man. you don't. You oh, know what I mean? God, you don't sing like are my, a. Are my it's biggest really, pet peeve. And biggest. I'm going, I can't get over is, it, dude. Is what, what the hell? Is what? The, the, the vocal affectation, like oh, the, right. the so, you, like so it's not just us. while you're singing, or like you have a fake southern accent. It's or, weird, right? And people I care about. Pe- that's another big one with covers. Sometimes it's someone that I like. I love their lyrics, but they have an egregious vocal affectation. Right. Um, and th- I feel like there are some that make more sense to me than others. Like Jeff Buckley. I feel like he uses his voice almost like an instrument. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, he goes into weird little, he sings like nobody would ever talk sometimes, but it's like artful and, and. Yeah, that's like almost like trance-like. That's a step totally. beyond. Yeah. That's a step beyond. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a place for it. Free um, pass on that one. But like that. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and yeah, the weird, the weird like southern thing the weird british thing is we so had it we had a kind of a theory of why this is going on and mm-hmm. it's really it's not many pe- people that are older it's like this younger generational thing in the last 7 or 8 years mainly and you know if somebody's doing acoustic music if their ammunition is an acoustic guitar and a voice and a song lyrics right um if they want to kind of um declare their youth they it, it could be, you know, with such little ammunition, if you twist your words around where the word, <laughs> one of my biggest offender pet peeves is the word just, and instead of singing the word just, they sing twist. And it's like, why do you sing it? Like, you don't say twist because, you know, this kind of, just say bend there, the, you know, and it's yeah. just like, why are you singing? Like, twist. Twist. Like, yeah. Yes. Just like hip singing or. Wait, there's a YouTube video for you guys that is going to kill you. Is it the hip I singer? It, yeah. The oh, hip we saw singer. that singing All Dude, I Want is a Hippopotamus so for Christmas. Dude. She's great. It's hilarious. She's great. So like that. It's like, so to me, it's like, oh, look, I'm under 35 because we sing like this. You know, it's this Dude, kind there's of. There's a new one on the scene right now that is insane. It's like, uh, like people saying duh instead of <laughs> duh. Like people go like my body. And I'm like, do you know what? what? That's even really is that. That's really interesting because my analogy of it was like when you see a deaf person oh, signing and, they, <laughs> and, they, and they can't say the words yeah, properly, and that's what oh, it sounds geez. like they're singing. Well, it's just really <laughs> annoying, and we don't understand what. The I don't deal understand is. what the motivation is at all either. Like, I. When have you been like, damn, I wish that person's voice was like just a little weirder or something. Well, I feel like if someone doesn't sing like they talk, 100% of the time it bugs me. If they have amazing lyrics, right? Because the lyrics have to be married, to, in my opinion, married to the music. Totally. And if it's... Un- if you can't understand it, it's almost like what did you say? Like I like said, it's like a child. Corner. It's ch- a <laughs> like child having to choose a parent. It's like, do I choose the music or do I choose the lyrics? Yes. Right. It's what like do they're I divorced. Focus on? Yes. Right. There's a divorce going on here. Yeah. It's just like ah. It's so, so true. It's and then do you have? I have ones where I'll really like a song of someone's, but I'm embarrassed to tell my friends who agree with this conversation. I'll like be listening to a song like, God, why are the lyrics so good? I can't show this to anybody because this person sounds like they're having an orgasm this entire song or like, <laughs> oh my God. or like their tongue is stuck to yeah, the roof yeah. of their mouth. Uh. Yeah. It's, you know, there's something for everyone. And I guess that, that we, that's just not for, we're such big lyrics freaks that, yeah. um, that we can't get past it. And, and then I was telling Marion, maybe with younger people, because in our day we couldn't just, um, we couldn't find the lyrics so easily if we didn't know it, we didn't know it and it and so you'd have to have the lyrics um understood you know 
this mumble twanging thing wasn't happening. <laughs> no. But now, well, I was thinking that maybe somebody releases something and it doesn't matter because the lyrics will show up online and maybe like somebody's savoring, oh, I don't know the lyrics yet, but I know the melody and I'm savoring this entire song and here come the lyrics and I can read them. Like, I didn't know if that's a thing. Oh, I don't know. What is going on? I really on? hope that's not a thing. It's definitely <laughs> not for me. Like, <laughs> if I can't understand someone's lyrics, there are certain exa- uh, uh, exceptions, like... Bonnie Vera, for example. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first five listens, he can't understand the lyrics, but I loved it as a teenager. Mm. Loved it, loved it. And just played it on repeat, like mm. both those records. And, uh, well, all three now, but both of them at the time. And and I listened so, or Grouper. Uh, she, she does like, it's almost like ambient, but so the vocal is mixed like a full, a full choice inaudibly mm. like wow. like right, unintelligible okay. lyrics uh-huh. truly mm-hmm. i've listened so much now because i love it that i can he- i can hear them and i have read them online since because yeah. i was like am i right about this you literally can't understand it at all it's for it's like it's like this is a bad way to describe it because it makes it sound like it might sound like this but it's like massage music or like meditation um, music, but age. for people who like music. Yeah. Right. It's not like weird, trippy. It's It sounds like she made it on a four track in her bedroom uh-huh. and they sound like real songs like Duster or something almost, yeah. but like crazy reverb and crazy mixed vocals. Um, so I've done it like that, but if someone has a vocal affectation so I can't understand their lyrics, it's not just like a mixing issue or mm. like people not naturally not enunciating yeah i i can't do it yeah i can't get past it's, it i really little, can't it's a thing that we have and we're so appreciative that you don't yeah, do it i know because <laughs> if you've got a song that you've taken the time to write and it means mm, something to you yeah. you want to share it i think. You don't want to bury it away and oh make it all yeah. pain in the ass yeah <laughs> or yeah. yeah and it's like you write these songs and they're easily understood and universal and um just amazing and why fuck it up you know what i mean yeah. why, why make it difficult like why make it why add an extra layer i think some people are hiding behind that layer that's I think what people we are also saying that saying, was another yeah. one of our theories Maybe. or lyrical tropes like you know whiskey turpentine cigarettes like weird things people hide behind those things and and vocal affectations like, okay, if I do this, then I am a songwriter and people take will take me mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah, if I like fit into the Starbucks mold. Yeah. So it's like you're actually trying to preempt something rather than doing something naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. trying to manufacture it in your head before you actually do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then totally. it never is authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't last. No. Yeah. It doesn't, I, and I know people who've grown out of it, which is awesome. One of my favorite songwriters ever is my friend Christian Lee Hudson. He's never released a record. Actually, John is, our, our mutual friend John is, uh, like, has been obsessed. Uh, but he ha- writes these amazing, amazing songs. Mm-hmm. But, like, eight years ago, he was in this twangy, like, fakey country band where he wore like a giant hat and <laughs> suspenders and he and he sounded like a guy that he wasn't mm. and slowly grew mm, out of it right. and i i'm trying to think of uh like a released example um where you hear someone's first record and you're like wow they were doing that crazy thing with their voice and then mm-hmm. they changed it. And I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's also like you're finding your way. So sometimes it's easy to hide behind something while you're sort of sorting yourself out. Mm-hmm. So as you emerge, you a little bit of a veil. Yeah. I'm glad right. there's nothing officially released, but there's definitely not vocal affectation wise, but there are definitely some, it's, it sucks in this age to have to learn publicly. Mm. Like I definitely had a band where we were trying to be the killers uh, in in like a pretty bad way, and there are YouTube videos, and a band with a boy that I was so obsessed with that I like completely ignored that he had an egregious vocal affectation and was bad at songs, um, and uh, 
just it all like exists online that's so painful well see that's the thing i was saying i said that to you last night i said i'm so glad i didn't grow up in that era where everything's oh, everywhere yeah. right because oh, it's like yeah, once yeah, it's yeah. out there yeah. you can't come back <laughs> it's so no i think it's kind of cool too you know to see the evolution of people it's yeah. amazing yeah it's um, just less controlled. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. I didn't go on Instagram till I was 40-something, so I'm fine. Oh, man, my Instagram <laughs> is literally like prom, and then now, like, I have to go back and hide stuff that's, like, embarrassing. You know I'm going to go and look at it now. Hell, yeah. <laughs> that's... I heard you uh, doing an interview, and you were talking about that dear Nora. So amazing. She's great. Just crazy so good. So great. Right? Um, so thank you for for that um, yeah. and um what else uh what else do we want to talk about so you're having a good time on the tour we watched last night uh it was amazing we Thanks. the pitchfork thing mm-hmm. right yeah i'm cool. having a fucking blast it looked like you guys were having a ball these so. guys are great also two very very uh non-offenders of the vocal affectation thing mm-hmm. oh which my is God. rare it's beautiful it's so rare but they both have like pure voices that sound like when they talk and mm. um it's just it's the thing we talked about at the beginning too like you look into people's eyes and you know that you don't have to give them context for mm. how you, how you're feeling mm-hmm. or what it's like to yep. be on tour it's yep. very special and They're one of yep. you yeah. yeah yeah exactly say they're one of us it could, we're it could, literally it get lonely even if you are on a ba- out with a band you know what yeah. i mean like are we having oh fun, man you know? totally like and the, also your employees or yeah. and that dynamic and your friends and it's hard to yeah it's hard to like reach out. like my best friend harrison and i tour together and so we don't see each other like we get mm. home yeah and right? we're just like bye yeah, yeah. It sucks. Of course. Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't make like an active choice to hang out because we're like, well, obviously we'll see each other, but it's like yeah, so weird. Yeah. So are you, are you heading home for Thanksgiving? I am not. Ah. Yep. Just doing it, doing yeah. the tour thing. I, I, we're on a bus for the first time and that is like life changing. Right. Mm, right. Uh, yeah. So the van was crazy making because you don't get a day. You don't get to have a day. Yeah. It's, it's. This has been a lot better. Um, so talk to me in a month and yeah, I'll yeah, see yeah. how I feel. But you're playing in L.A. again soon, aren't you? Yeah, is the it? Will Turn is the last yeah. show. I'm going to be in L.A. then. So Amazing, gonna, yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to get a ticket somehow. Totally. Yeah. But I want to come, <gasps> definitely. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank Honestly, you guys so oh much. God. Like, we're, we'll, we'll be watching. And, and if you, you know, I've been pretty vocal about you and my face. I hope I don't freak you. I feel like... Maybe your mom and I would get along or something because I, I talk about you often on my Facebook and I'm like she shit da 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 da, and you know I make jokes and you probably have no idea. Um, and no, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, I'm always talking about you on my Facebook and I have a daughter. Damn, she plays and she's, um, you know, she's 19 and and she loves you as well. And, oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah. So, but so. I think about your mom, and I think about um, how I am with my daughter Annabelle, and I don't want to be too like uh, teen. What is it? Tiara, teens and kids. Uh, Bonet Ramsey. You know, yeah, <laughs> momager. Exactly. A momager, a momager about, you know. But um, I just think of your mom and how proud she must be of you, and you know what I mean. It rules. She was at the was her thing, show. right? And then here you come, and she didn't know what was going to happen, and it's just amazing. She must be so proud of you. Yeah, I think encouraging and not pushing was always what it was. Mm. Like, I mean, she did give me shit every once in a while. Like, I'd get lazy in all aspects of my life. Like, I don't know, she didn't make me apply to college but she was like, all right, what's your plan? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to play music, fucking, like, <laughs> write songs, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, and that helped me a ton. Like, I think she was always really encouraging. And when I wanted to quit piano lessons, she let me. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. I regret not knowing piano, mm-hmm. by the way. But she didn't Plenty ever let me resent music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. That's so. what I've tried to do with Annabelle as well. Just um, like, yeah. Letting her f- have it as her own thing. Totally. Um I gave her, um, uh, she was about 12, I gave her a, um, the introduction to Elliot Smith record, a vinyl, 
and she thought it was a calendar, and she's like, oh, you gave me a calendar of your friend. And I'm like, no, it's oh. a record. So we got her a turntable, and I didn't know what would happen um, if she was listening or whatever, and then over the years, she, she, like you, she became crazy about his music, and I didn't listen to him um, after he passed away because it was just too fucking painful. Totally. But when she was, like, 14, getting really, in, you know... Um, curious about him who was I to say we don't talk about Elliot in this household <laughs> you know whatever it just gave me this new joy to remember him and talk about him and and revisit his music and yeah. it just became this other thing and um I think that you know we I've heard you and it's very obvious that I hear um him in you and you know he was a really really close friend of mine as you might know and this is what it's all about, you know. And someday, um, I really do think that you're you're going to you're setting the bar. You really are, you know. <laughs> oh, seriously, man. there's people. There's Joni Mitchell. There's Bob Dylan. There's Neil Young. There's Elliot Smith. And you are absolutely setting the bar. And oh my God, it's you're gonna real, make me cry. You no, know, it's an honor <laughs> she, to be here. She doesn't here. say this about many people. I don't say people. this about many people ever, you know. And I hear it and I know it and. Um, it's it's wild to be uh, in the beginning of someone's career like this, and it's, I, you know, I just love this, and j the fact that I hear so much of Elliot in you, and he's gone, but he's not really, because, and then, and someday, you know, hope down the line, a kid, you're gonna, I look at all the kids that you're inspiring already, and you yourself, you're a kid still, <laughs> um, right? It's yeah, Elliot was the first, like, there was music that my parents showed me that I loved, mm -hmm. and then it, like, do you know Carla Azar? She's played on a million she, people. Yeah. She's played yeah. with a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, so she was a friend of my, like, friend's mom, mm -hmm. and I thought she was so fucking cool. Uh -huh. Like, when I was in, like, seventh grade, mm -hmm. um, she was around and would, like, teach our friends drum lessons and yeah. stuff. And she played, weirdly, Kiwi Mad Dog 2020, mm -hmm. which is an instrumental. Mm -hmm. So it totally flew over my head. Mm -hmm. She played it for me. And I was like, cool, Carla, what is this? <laughs> and then wanted her to think I was cool and listened. And it, like, floored me. It was just the first. It was, like, an accumulation of it was something that my parents didn't get that I got to get mm, privately. Wow, cool. So, yeah, it was, like, very, very seminal for me. Um yeah. And you know what? Because Mary Lou just did the, um, what was it called? It was the, the podcast. Yeah. Did the, I did the thing that you did. Um, what was it? What? You favorite. My favorite Elliot yeah. song. Yeah. So good. She oh, was yeah. going to pick yours. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so weird. Like that one, right? It's like simple, but not. And I was like, oh, she's like, before I heard you do it, I'm like, I hope she gets it right. And you totally did, because it goes to that weird, like, minor thing and yeah. whatever he does. Cause oh, you, I you cheat start on out so thinking, many of his songs. You start out thinking, oh, this would be so easy. And then you're like, what is Dude, he he's doing? like a fucking orchestra. <laughs> and right. that song that song is special because it is a true folk song, um, mm -hmm. which it's weird that I chose it as, like, my favorite, because it wouldn't be the way that I would describe Elliot to other people. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was like, this is what Elliot sounds like, I wouldn't show mm -hmm. them that song. Right. But it is, like, my favorite because it's so... It's like a something he almost threw away, you mm. know, and it's just so simple and Speaking concise. Of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. The record is beautiful. Um, looking forward to. Do you have any songs written yet of the yeah. of your next? Yeah. I actually have a self-titled song that I'm really excited about. Oh my god! Is it hard <laughs> to sit on them and not? You know. Yes, it yeah. is. I actually I've been doing a pretty good job. I, I mean, record labels now they need five months to print mm. vinyl so mm. everything is just backed mm. it's backed up so much more than it used to be wow. like talking That's to people right. mm. which fucking sucks like you have to sit on things for longer than ever mm. but i've been doing a pretty good job of like releasing an order you know because yeah. i i like i like to do side projects and stuff mm. so i like to finish something and be like okay when's the soonest i can get this out work on something else and be like okay when's the soonest i can get this out so yeah. i don't get fucking sick of the shit yeah, i'm touring by the time you have to tour it it's old yeah it's, it's old, old news. it sucks i'm not going to tour my next record probably until like the end of next year or like yeah. beginning of the year mm. after so mm. it's it's i hope to 
I actually have a rule now where I don't have the roughs for anything because I don't want to get sick of it. I want it to right. be new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the songs with Boy Genius, you're, you all co-write them together? Yeah, we both, we all brought a song in mm. and then we all brought like a piece of a song in. So, uh, and then finished that is, one. Okay, is, and is this kind of a one-off for now? Because you've got these songs, like how would you decide what to bring to the table to Boy Genius and what to keep? for your next album. Oh man, I've been spiraling <laughs> about this for days because I want to make another record with these guys so bad and I feel like I feel like we're all on the same page but we all have such crazy schedules. Oh yeah. Um I want my, my next record is a priority cuz I don't want to be like a one record person mm. for years. You know, it's hard to play solo shows and only really be limited to a set. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. Uh so I'm really excited to release my next record and mm-hmm. and I also I'm kind of a slow writer, uh, so I want to be careful to not like be so stressed about releasing something that it's not great, mm-hmm. um, or that like I convince myself like, oh yeah, it's totally, totally okay, ready, because <laughs> I'm so ready to have new music out. So I'm trying to ride that line, but hopefully I do make another record with these guys. And writing with them is so easy. I would totally like come to the table with nothing yeah. and come out with something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Connection. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Dude, thank really you guys. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so fun. Okay, so that was our talk with Phoebe. She was so mm. awesome. I, I So awesome. I just can't believe how um normal and like she seems like she's older than she is. An old soul. Exactly. And mm. also she's just so passionate about music and it's so refreshing because you see, you talk to so many people who are just, um, you know, they're, they're not real, like, oh, yeah, I like that song or whatever, but they're not delving back the way she is. I think she, yeah, she's just a really, like, a dedicated fan of songs. Exactly. And that comes out in her writing, in the way she vocalizes. Um, she's a, a listener. Definitely a listener. And you can tell that, Obviously, we could have asked her so many more things and we could have gone down so many rabbit holes. But, um, yeah, we just didn't have the time to do it because she was under a really strict schedule. But we did actually stay after that and watch the show. And Mm. it was amazing. It was great. I mean, her whole band was fantastic and, mm-hmm. you know, they and they came together at the end and did the Boy Genius stuff, but the highlight for me was just watching watching her set, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I think, I don't know, I can't think of a, a more special artist. I, I just haven't heard anyone as, as complete and as... Um, good as she is in at least the last two decades um i think she's absolutely fabulous and someone that's going to have a very long career as a singer songwriter like a real career artist um she seems to have left her ego at the door and i don't know about you but some of my favorite um singer songwriters are people that are huge fans themselves people that aren't afraid to do covers um, that that just aren't, they're fearless. Um, and she is not afraid to be herself and not afraid to do covers and what it's about are songs, really. Exactly, and that's what came across. And when she was talking about doing covers and, and saying how um, she often did covers to interpret it in a way that her friends could get it, because uh-huh. she would play him a song and they go, oh, yeah, but that, like, well, <laughs> what she was saying about Daniel Johnson. And, and uh-huh. that reminded me of you as well because, you know, it's a, like that similar mindset of I've got to get this song out there so that people can hear it because it's so good. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think she I think she might not have understood my question there a little bit, but her answer was awesome. Oh, yeah. But dif- different than what my the intent of my question was but not really because there was a point where I think she said something like you have to uh be inside the song yeah right and that's always what it's about whether or not you're doing your own song or not because 
you you gotta kind of get away uh get out of the song's way but yet remain inside of it and that's a really kind of tricky thing to do yeah exactly and also it was interesting um hearing her talk about her new songs because she's obviously written a lot but she Mm -hmm. said she's got a self-titled song (laughs) that's the one i want to hear me too i mean i don't know if i've ever heard of that before have you never a self-titled album but not a self-titled song that's kind of cool it's like talking about yourself in the third person which I think um, a lot of songs do that, but they don't mention themselves by name. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's going to be cool to hear that. The other thing is um, looking forward to is the Bobby Gentry um, <clears throat> covers album. Oh, yeah. That looks really cool. That does um, look cool. Lucinda, Phoebe, um ton of people on that album. I know so that would have been be... that would have been hard to um, work out who was going to do what song because everyone would have wanted to do. Maybe, but but I mean, I think that that's the one that Lucinda is doing. So I'm mm. sure that they were all in agreement. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, let's <laughs> fall into line. Let's fall yeah, into yeah. line behind Lucinda. I know. I know that'll be really oh. good. All right. Well, this was cool. I'm so honored that that Phoebe sat with us and couldn't couldn't be more happy yeah it was fantastic and um and definitely we'll follow this up and have part two at some stage of her career i'm sure but Mm. anyway so thanks for listening and we are actually on itunes now and that's probably um inconsequential because we would have put ourselves up regardless but apparently if you like what you're hearing and you rate us on itunes and you give us a good review, we'll we'll reach more people. So apparently that helps. So if you could do that, we'll be your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we are your best friends anyway. We're learning as we go and we can all learn together. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, do you know what I'm impressed with? I'm impressed that we've stuck to our schedule so far. For Pretty episode, much. Episode three. So, um mm-hmm. First aid kit next. You get that interview, Marianne. I'm going to try my best, but I need you. You with will. Me. I need you, you. Will. I need you there, because you've got to stop the. Um, the They'll tell you artists. the story of how they met me in Boston. I'm going <laughs> to ask. Probably them. unforgettable. <laughs> I'm going to ask them anyway, regardless oh my of whether God. I record it. I'll give you a summary afterwards. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Well, not once, but twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, twice. There's that crazy lady from Boston. Oh, my God, that's funny. They won't think you're crazy. You're not crazy. You're no crazier than anyone else. Whatever. Me included. All right, well, Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Write into us and tell us your stories because, you know, Mm. we like to hear things. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you later. See ya. All right, bye-bye.